so far what the system has thrown at us is has not been uh, supported by the data. The level of hysteria is totally out of line uh, with the actions that have been taken. And a lot of the, um, you know, that caught everybody off guard. And a lot of the discomfort comes from not knowing what to do about it. And so ultimately what Make Americans Free Again really is about is power in numbers. So it's about us coming together pulling our creative energy, lifting each other up, creating a support system to actually create, you know, strategy in order to um, to create a par parallel society where we can actually function in the face of this medical tyranny. With the global economy being in shambles and central bankers moving towards a reset, it's never been a better time to protect your wealth by owning precious metals. Contact Andy at milesfranklin.com. Tell him Sarah sent you. He promised me he will guarantee you the lowest price anywhere in the country. Remember, email Andy at milesfranklin.com and tell him Sarah sent you. It's never been a better time to protect your future than now. And it was invented due to the natural state of hum humanity is there's scarcity. There's always scarcity. And, uh, how do we store wealth over time? Well, before the concept of money, it was just stored in um, something of value. And uh, we eventually started to agree to pass things of value around. And how was that done initially? Well, by weighing it. But the, the, the or, weighing or a barter technology, system, right? It was a well, we actually, in my study of the history, as I, went back and I, as I went back and reviewed, the archaeologists and geologists are going to tell us they have almost no evidence that humans did direct barter. It just becomes the coincidence of once, the problem of the coincidence of once, in that, hey, if I've got extra wheat that I'm trying to sell and, uh, you know, I'm looking for, you know, uh, maybe some pork and you happen to be a pork farmer and you're tired of eating pork and you want to eat wheat, well, great, there's a coincidence there. In time, we both uh, met at the same time, and we're approximately in the same location. Well, that barter works. Usually, it does not. Um, you need get, a tool of exchange. It became you need that a tool. tool, exactly. Yeah. And that tool is the medium of exchange. Now, back in the ancient times, it was usually foodstuffs because we were always short food, and everybody was always willing to trade something for food. Uh, that food stuff eventually became maybe a certain weight of grain, like barley or wheat or whatever they were growing at the time. The problem with that is that's, uh, that's your money supply, and it's also your food supply. Guess what happens when you eat all the money? <laughs> you actually get deflation, a uh, decrease in prices, and then uh, nobody wants to bring out any money and buy anything, you know, because you'll save for tomorrow. So you have to find something that is going to have a high stock to flow ratio. And that's where gold and silver just naturally over thousands of years has fallen into our lap, especially gold. Gold is probably the best money we've ever had because in order to divert laborers from the economy to go and mine for gold, to mine for money, uh, they're no longer productive in society. 
And the rate at which population grows and the rate that we, we can divert some of those workers over to mine uh, money versus making widgets or growing food for us, uh, we end up with a very high stock and very low flow ratio, and it creates good money. We can't eat our money. Uh, we don't want to eat money. For, so for all those people that always say, oh, if I don't, uh, you know, why would I want to buy gold and silver? I can't eat it. Yeah, that's what makes it actual real money is it's got a high value to a low weight. Uh, it's not consumable. Yeah, there's uh, factors that consume. make it yeah. that make it and good. So what we did in this what we did in this this very first class is we went through those characteristics of what makes good money. Uh, there's about 10. By the way, you can go on the Internet and find you know, at least 15 characteristics that make good money. And money also has to fulfill the fact that it's it's got to be a medium of exchange. When it does, it becomes a unit of account. And then after that, it becomes um, a store of wealth. And you want to make sure that it's, uh, that its value doesn't change quickly. This is what makes Bitcoin not money right now. Now, it's not that I'm not dissing on the Bitcoin folks. We could see a cryptocurrency and not a government-controlled cryptocurrency maybe become a form of good money in the future. Right now, though, Bitcoin's not money, uh, and it's not a currency either. Uh, it can't be used in day-to-day -day transactions. And as far as the store of wealth, well, geez, if you bought Bitcoin six months ago, you just got chopped. Yeah, in well, half. we don't want to debate crypto or. Bitcoin because yeah, if you so, bought it 10 years ago, it, it beat out every yeah, single Yeah, exactly. You, you'd so, be doing really well. Yeah. So and even if you bought it three years ago, it still beat out. Yeah. But my my right. my point is is that um or what I wanted to get to is that this you guys are putting these classes together and educating people. And now are other how do the pe people watch you over Zoom or does each group do their own academies? No, we do uh, Zoom. It's oh, the you way do that Zoom. we can yeah, it's the way we can reach uh, the entire group across the country or the Perfect. world. That's what I'm looking at. Yeah. If I might um, interject real briefly, I just wanted to yeah throw that out there that uh, this MAFA Academy is totally free. And it's one of the many, many free, wonderful benefits of just becoming a MAFA member. And really all that involves is putting your information into our database with your you know, your full address and phone number and stuff like that so that we can build this coalition, this digital coalition of patriots that are, you know, that, that are accessible, you know, we can use it as leverage with politicians if we need to. So all That's of that great. information is really important. And um, if I might just add really quickly about the whole um, situation with um, our, uh, our financial situation and the food, um, I just I, I really want to just get this in there because it's so important for people to really understand. I think a lot of people are feeling comfortable because all of these covid related mandates are done and we're kind of seeing some freedom. But what they did with all of that was create this infrastructure that is now in place in order to um, to, to usher in this you know digital yes. currency that's going to mm -hmm. be government controlled. And we've got that new executive order that Biden signed, I think on March 9th, it was executive order 14067. And um, some analysts are saying, you know, that this is absolutely like they want to create this voucher system where you only get to buy what is approved according to this voucher. It's a China-like, you know, social system. So I just wanted to, yeah, get that in there. It's really important for people to still be aware that this, the COVID thing may pass, but the infrastructure is there and we're heading into 
continued tyranny if we they're trying we, to take uh, us to central bank digital currency that's what and of yeah. course uh those do not fall uh, i had brought this up in one of the classes they don't fall under what makes good money because um you can be uh, tracked and traced and uh, be cut out of the market. They can chop your money down. They can raise it up. It goes hand in hand with uh, really what Chris was talking about, the, the Chinese system, social credit score. Yeah, it's not uh, good which, money, you know, but it is good tool for tyranny and yeah. communism. Well, and we already have a social credit score here. And in a way, it was used slightly against uh, guys like me who have to travel. Um, with my company, I... I typically uh, travel from my house to the airport, get on an airliner, fly somewhere to meet up with uh, the guy that I fly with, and then we grab the airplane and we start going. Well, how do I get from the airport to the uh, fixed base operator, the FBO in the airfield? Yeah, I have to take a cab. Well, the cab system's all been torn down in the last five years because, well, let's face it, Uber and Lyft brought in some new ideas and some new technology, but guess what? That new technology was used against us. We all had a social credit score. Uh, if you didn't follow their rules, didn't mask up, and eventually had the Congress, or I'm sorry, the Supreme Court not rule against all of this COVID tyranny, you wouldn't have been able to get into an Uber or a Lyft without being vaccinated because you would have had to show somebody your passport. Uh, I couldn't get into an Uber or Lyft without using a mask. Um, I fought it as much as I could, but I also had a job to do. And I said, you know, where's my bottom line? It's That's on right. the vaccine. Yeah. It's on the vaccine. But yeah, so they th have there's a lot. the social credit score, and they're gonna they're gonna put that with the central bank digital currency. Yeah. And if your social credit score goes down, well, they can start you know hacking your account. Uh, reducing the value of it. And China already practices this. So yeah, it's, it's I, what good. We're trying it can to get do pretty here, scary, right? Go, yeah, go ahead. what we're trying to do at MAFA Academy with at least the finance is re-educate people on, you know, what is money and how do you do your transactions? What should you invest in? What should you save in? Where should you put it? Uh, what form should you have it in? And be very cautious about this central bank digital currency social credit score that's coming. We, we, I mean, really, the food finance freedom is all about setting up an alternate way of life, um, an alternate economy. And uh, we've got a lot of work to do because I've done the experiment uh, for many, many years on offering businesses, private individuals. Um, do you want that bill paid in gold, silver, or Federal Reserve notes. And for many years, I just got this blank look. During COVID and towards the end of COVID last year, I, I had more and more people looking at me kind of smiling going, really? You'd be willing to pay in gold? And I want well, a $100 uh, tab here. So no, how about silver? But they're like, really? You've got silver? You'd be willing to pay in silver? So more people were waking up to what was money and how we could maybe trade. We don't necessarily have to build an entirely new financial system. We have one. All those coins still exist. Uh, we could just start using them if we can get everybody to figure out how to use them and how to uh, value them. 
So this is what you guys do in the academy because we can't cover it all in today's show. Correct. But that's what mm -hmm. that's what you do. And you know, the central bankers have their meetings every we cover it on my show, the Jackson yes. Hole. And this just happened last <laughs> week. So we're uh -huh. gonna be covering as we start to understand what was all said. They've been talking about this for years, by the way. But Maureen, I wanted to bring you in because you've been waiting patiently. And can you talk about everybody went through before you came on and, and said their name and then talked about kind of what their background was. And then I was hoping that we give you a chance to talk a little bit as we talk about, sure. you know, well, what, what's important. Thanks for having me here. And it's been fascinating to, to hear everybody. So um, my, uh, I uh, am Maureen West. I'm an attorney and I uh, was a Colorado assistant attorney general for most of my career. So I started in 1993 and I uh, ultimately resigned in 2015. And um, the reason it's all really kind of relevant is because um, I saw this transition happen over time because of my, you know, I have this historical knowledge. And I started seeing changes within, um, within the attorney general's office, um, such as, and I can remember being in a meeting with probably, I don't know, 50 other attorneys and this was probably in like maybe 2010. And I can remember saying, you know, I haven't heard the word due process amongst us in a really long time. Mm -hmm. And it was not well received. Um, and so I started really seeing um, this, uh, you know, more of uh, the, the I was representing a lot of medical board, nursing board, all these healthcare regulatory boards. And I was seeing, um, a lot more of, uh, in my opinion, in my legal opinion, and how I would have advised my clients stepping outside their scope of authority, um, not ensuring that the licensees who they regulated were getting the proper due process. And um, so ultimately it got quite frankly, so bad for me personally, that I had to, I did wind up leaving a job. I loved the work. I loved being a frontline attorney. I loved justice. That's what, that's why I chose to, you know, do this kind of work as opposed to, you know, maybe make, making more money in sort of the private healthcare sector. Um, but I just couldn't, I, I just couldn't toe the party line uh, anymore. I couldn't not speak out. I couldn't abide by it. But the thing is, is it's so surreal to me when COVID hit because um, I started seeing what was going on. I, I wound up leaving and then I wound up doing some private defense work of licensees um, because I knew I knew all these things from having been on the inside. I knew sort of, you know, sort of the tactics that were tried and um, that sort of thing. And it was just so surreal to me because it was something that I had um, very much experienced um, very much beginning around 2010 to 2015 in particular when I left but I couldn't articulate it exactly. I couldn't put it, you know, I couldn't really describe it. Um, but I think where it came from, for me, I had sort of this very visceral reaction because I'm a first generation American. My family comes from Slovakia. Um, and so I had, my family had grown up under communist rule. Mm -hmm. You know, most of my family was in Europe. We were the only, uh, my, my grandparents and my mother um, came to the United States. So I remember as a child, um, you know, getting mad at my grandmother because she would be like, don't tell the neighbors, you know, don't, you know, be quiet about that. And I remember just thinking it was so old and obnoxious, you know, like, why can't I talk to the neighbors about certain things? Why do I have to be careful what I say? Um, 
And I can remember just, you know, a lot of different things like, you know, putting gum in a sock and trying to stuff money, hoping that the when it got to our, our family in Slovakia, that they wouldn't be, you know, opening up that package and finding these things. So th those things were really deeply ingrained in me. And so even though, like I say, I couldn't really articulate it, I knew that even within the system I was in, it felt um, the same oppression and the same fear. And all of this is uh, manifests as fear, which is of course what we saw in the pandemic. It manifests as fear. And so it was that's, it's, and it's a very distinct kind of fear. I mean, you know, you can be afraid if you see an animal, you know, crossing in your drive, mm -hmm. you know, there's lots of different kinds of fear, but this kind of fear is just this very, and you know, oppressive, scary fear of the government. And, um, and I was feeling it. And so I wound up leaving. And now, of course, all of this has manifested in the last couple of years. And I feel, you know, sort of vindicated by it all because it's like, well, I knew I wasn't crazy at the time. Um, I, I knew that something was really wrong, but I just couldn't. Um, because, you know, I was like with a lot of really smart people in an office with a lot of attorneys and yet nobody seemed to be phased by it. Um, they just sort of was like, well, that's what we're supposed to do. Let's just do it. And I kept going, but it's not right. It's not just, that's not what we're trained to do. You know, that kind of thing. Are they waking so, up? Are people waking up? Cause that's the issue is that there's a lot of us waking up and that's why this is so important. This, you know, groups, but are you noticing that people are starting to wake up and they really need these academies? They really need this information. Oh, I mean, what are you seeing? Uh, undoubtedly. And, you know, just to, to, uh, sort of along on a, the same continuum, right after um, the election in 2020, and I won't go into all the detail, but I got this sort of email and call out of nowhere um, to go to Philadelphia. Uh, and I didn't even really know what I was doing. I just, I just literally topped on a on a midnight flight and said, okay, I'll, I'm there. You know, I kind of sort of figured, okay, it had something to do with election integrity, but I just decided to go for it. And when I got there, I was one of the attorneys that was helping take affidavits from, you know, all these people that were saying they had, you know, 50 uh, ballots, they had received 50 ballots marked for Biden. So I knew it was true because I was right there in the very yeah. beginning seeing these things. So the reason I raised that is, is because I remember being like, you know, nobody was, nobody really understood. Like if I had even told somebody back then, they were just looking at me like, you're crazy. You're, you know, this is a conspiracy theory. I'm like, no, I actually did it. I, got, I mean, I lived this. And so, but there weren't very many people. And what I've seen in the last two years, I couldn't have dreamt of this. I knew that we needed to do something. It was imminent. We needed to do something quickly. We didn't have a lot of time, but I really never actually expected it to come together like it has. And so now to be sort of two years out, it's so incredibly encouraging. I mean, I'm seeing, for example, attorneys that are, they're just jumping in and they're they're just like, I'm a patent attorney. I'm a real estate attorney. I don't know anything about this kind of law, but I want to get in. I want to do what I can because I have to do this for my children and grandchildren. That's right. And I never expected that two years ago. So I'm, you know, you know, it's obviously, you know, we're all very nervous about what's going on, but I'm, I'm, you know, that gives me some optimism for sure. That's exactly Mike right. And I have talked about that as well. Of why are we doing this? Why are we sticking our necks out? It's for our kids. We, we honestly can't look them in the eye and say, well, you know, the, I go the money problem is really because our grandparents didn't say anything. Then our parents grew up in the system and didn't say anything either. Well, that system's about to come to an end and doggone it, I need to stand up and say something so that my kids know that I just didn't passively sit back and let it all happen. 
No, I, I completely concur. And, you know, part of why I feel compelled is because, you know, I'm the, I'm, I am the American dream. I mean, my mother, my grandparents were illiterate. They couldn't read, they couldn't write, they couldn't speak English. And they have great grandchildren. One's an anesthesiologist. My son just graduated, you know, with his PhD from Yale, which, you know, I don't know about Yale, but, you know, he did. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I mean, we are the American dream. I mean, this is just, you know, sort of unbelievable. So I owe it to them to do this, but clearly, and when I've spoken to say, for example, to certain women's groups and, you know, they're all just kind of, you know, some of them are kind of really timid and, you know, you know, what can we do? And I'm just like, just channel your mama bear, just channel your mama bear and just go and fight for your children. Get, get over your, channel your mama bear. That's kind of my mantra. Get get over your fear. Yeah. Can I just jump in real quick? I just wanted to say that when she said that about the fear, like that really is exactly what it's all about is that we've been oppressed by fear for far too long. This entire, you know, hierarchy of power has been inverted. It's, and we have to remember that we, the people are the ones with the power mm-hmm. that we delegate that to the government. And we need to stop being afraid of our own government and, you know, understand that we have the ability to take action if we just step beyond that fear and, you know, and yeah. like she said, find that mama bear in you. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's really simple. And that sort of resonates with a lot of, exa- you know, um, some of these women. And I actually was on a call yesterday and I, I use that because it's just what it's my go to. And I got an email back. Thank you for, you know, channeling your mama bear. And it's just that's the message we've got to give to at least, you know, obviously we need the bear, the male bear and we need the mama bear, um, mm-hmm. you know, to just to fight this fight. It's really kind of really that simple we need, in a lot of we ways. We need the male, we need the male lion and the mama bear. Yeah, the male lion and the mama <laughs> yes. bear. You That's know, we and we'll be good. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so what do people do to um get this going and to get involved? Because so many people want they they want to because it's, it's the worst thing in the world is to feel like a victim and not be able to do anything. And we need people involved. Well, the, um, it, the Maffin yeah. groups are, are are a very diverse group. I mean, yeah, I'm a pilot. There's a couple more pilots in there. We have, you know, finance guys in there. We The, the math has started with Pam Popper and, you know, uh, Tom, uh, Tom Rents. So there was legal and medical. But very quickly, it turned into doctors and nurses joined the program because they were the first ones on the front line to have the threats. But then it was all the other professionals who were uh, a few months later, we're all looking around going, I'm next. So that's when I joined. And, you know, we have everybody from uh, the farming community all the way to the finance community and everybody in between. It's it's almost like you're going to church. I don't want to say that it's church, but. Uh, it's your. It, it almost became my new community. So get involved. Find a MAFA group, and if it's a long distance for you to travel, go to it a couple times. Find out what it's all about. If you like it and you like what is being offered there, start your own in your own community because that's what we're really looking for. Yeah, and if I, I can. P- p- yeah, I just want to piggyback on that really quick and just throw in to go to makeamericansfreeagain.com. And you can put in your information there. Um, there's different state chapters. If you're in Hawaii, it's MAFA. 
hi.com. And, you know, once you find your people, get on that email list and then find a group. But ultimately, we that's what we're really pushing for is for more people that want to take action to even be a leader to start their own Thursday group to get those in their community connected. And we just keep networking and networking and building on this so that we have you know, like Pam is hoping for at least 80 million Americans that are going to put their foot down if anything like this happens again in the future. So go ahead, Mike. Yeah, if I can add to that, the, um, you know, uh, makeamericansfreeagain.com is, is the main banner. We'll give you each of our organizational info if you'd be so kind to put that in there. Uh, but that's, that's where you start. And the biggest message, if I could talk back to Maureen's point, is on this fear. And um, as Leibana said, 80 million. That sounds like pie in the sky, 80 million. It's not. And if you look at the way that we operate and the pressures that everyone's under, the coercion, uh, this, you know, take the experimental shot or lose your paycheck. That's two forms of coercion. Neither one is good. And in every institution, every major institution is an element of people and they're they're essentially captured by their paycheck and their promises of job advancement, right? As Rick indicated with the whole Uber, you know, social credit score. And so we would ask people to recognize that and look, and if you know something's wrong, then, then look at people like us because there's lots of us out here. And hopefully today conveys, uh, we're, we're not dumb, we're not crazy, we're not violent, uh, we're not amused and, and we're not afraid anymore. And when you, when you realize, hey, there's plenty of us out there then you do something about it and make Americans free again.com is the first place to go and watch Sarah's channel. Yes. yes watch my channel. Well, and we need more people uh, supporting the, the journalists that are telling the truth and getting the information out there because uh, it's, we're censored like crazy. I mean, we have our lawsuit, but we are so censored and it's also infiltrated by um the same way that our institutions are in, infiltrated the independent media has been infiltrated as well so the ones that are telling the truth really and doing their best to do the best journalism we can really do need to be supported and that's, I, I, that's exactly why we're here because you 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 were shut down you by legacy media big tech and demonetized and and sent scrambling and you did exactly that you you took the punch and you moved and you continued to do what you're doing and you speak truth you're not afraid to speak about any topic whatever the topic may be and you do it professionally and we're happy to be here and that's all of us too well and the other thing is we shouldn't be afraid to debate a topic in a professional scientific way or the best we can and certain topics shouldn't be off limit limits and you shouldn't be put into this category of quack and nut job just because you want to question something. And that's their tactic to get people afraid to talk about things. I, I'd love to jump in on that really quickly if I can, just based on yeah. my experience. Number one, optics is everything. Having been on the inside um, of government, that's one thing I know. Um, I know it well because I got some high profile cases and, you know, essentially it's all about optics. If, if, if I won the case, they got the credit. If I lost the case, then it was I was bad, you know, but they're very, very, very concerned about optics. So I can't emphasize enough the power of optics. That's why they have controlled the media. Right. I mean, that's that's why that's right so yeah. um in terms of you know um 
allowing people to see both sides of the issue. I'm an adjunct professor at the University of Denver, and um, I really strongly emphasize critical thinking with my students. Um, in my syllabus, I tell them this is a safe place. Um, I want to hear opposing views, and if you don't raise it, I will. Um, and this is this is your opportunity to practice because it's much more difficult when you get out into the working world. And the reason I raise that is because they love it. I cannot tell you, they're hungry for it. Yes. And even ones that have very different worldviews than I do. Um, and I don't necessarily per se share my worldviews, but clearly a lot of the times um, I need to, um, you know, raise the other side to the more conservative side, quite frankly, because it's otherwise it wouldn't, it wouldn't be discussed. But even my students that are really maybe, I don't, for lack of better words, you know, sort of really far left, they thank me at the end because they will tell me you raised some things that I would have never otherwise thought of. So I just want to kind of, you know, give voice to the younger generation that they're being robbed of critical thinking. And yet it's it's just natural for them to want to actually have that uh, in their lives and in their classrooms. It's a I life skill. So it's a survival skill, uh, frankly. Uh -huh. well, one of the other things MAFA does is help parents get their kids out of the public school system mm -hmm. and into homeschooling. Um, we've had a couple uh, Monday night programs on Zoom uh, to cover exactly that. How do you do it? We've even had some very intelligent young uh, kids on there that said, you know, <laughs> they were... They were in the school system when COVID hit, and uh, halfway through, so somewhere in 2021, they got out of the school system. They were scared. They didn't know how they were going to hang out with their friends. Uh, what would they do for social stuff? They said, you know, a year later, they were glad they made the move. Yep, I've heard that a lot, that they, they adjust. They're kids, they can adjust, but they definitely need to be in situations where their mental health is preserved. And we were not right. doing that for our children. And there's another reason why the mama bear and the, the lions need to come out because we mm -hmm. need to protect our children from that kind of um, attack on them. Because they were, frankly, they've been under attack and we can't accept that again. Right. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that 100%. Our children definitely are under attack right now. I mean, we can see these public schools are not a safe place for them to be. So anything that we can do to, yeah, to, to, to protect the kids and especially, you know, with this, this uh, COVID, you know, shot that they're calling a vaccine that's, you know, it, I mean, I know personally already several people in my life who were once living and perfectly healthy and fine and they're either you know debilitated or dead now because of this thing and it's you know to think that they want to prove it for our youngest children and then you throw in the whole school system and how that's just become so corrupted it's really they really are attacking our children so we do need to definitely step up and against that and and i just want to thank you too for this lawsuit that you're doing because the big tech censorship is one of our biggest problems too because we try to get this information out to people and we get silenced i mean i like i said in the beginning i've been so banned i used to have tens of thousands of followers on facebook and they they you know deplatformed me there youtube three different channels done and um, I've even had the FBI actually pounding on my door because of something that I posted on social media, um, you know, that they believe was inciting violence or something, you know, but just basically trying to, 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 you know, make me afraid to speak out. And so we really do 
you know, again, got to try to figure out how to break the algorithms by supporting each other and supporting these alternative platforms. And of course, these lawsuits for free speech, so important. So yeah, I well, we need to get you this. For that. You're welcome. I mean, it's important. And if people um, want to donate, we still need money to, <laughs> to fund it. But mm -hmm. uh, it's important because it's the state government. It's the government, the state. Uh, these are they're state actors. It's a fascist situation and it's interfering with our basic freedoms. Think of how many people would not have died if they had the truth about the medical situation. You know, what I mean, there's just so many things that we need to get out there. And it's the first thing that dictators do is they take over the the uh, media so that they can control the narrative. But well, Sarah, how how do people donate to you? Gibsongo.com, defending free okay. speech. That's where it is. And defending uh, free speech at Gibsongo. Yep. I okay. love to get that out. We we and you know we're in the Circuit Court of Appeals. October seventeenth is the hearing date, and ironically, it's going to be uh, airing on YouTube. <laughs> you know, we're suing Google. It's Google versus the people, and um, we're taking on the biggest behemoth of them all. And so I'm glad we kind of went right to the heart of the issue, and um, it's important. We're not going to quit until we, you know, the Supreme Court makes a decision. No, I won't get locked out of my bank account. Oh, wait, that's Canada. Never mind. Well, it's it's also GoFundMe. I mean, GoFundMe is not true. But anyways, okay, well, thank you so much. I so much appreciate all of your input and everything that you're doing. I wish I had more time to talk about the money stuff because I know, he, uh, Rick, you have so much knowledge on that. So people need to attend that class and learn about it and learn about all these different things. And it, it's very interesting. And maybe if somebody wants to set up their own group that um, you can maybe help them since you've set it up in Hawaii and, uh, you know, Lavana, and we can get we can get it going. So thank yeah. you so much again, Mike, for setting this up. Yeah. Did you want to say something before? We I, I just want to thank you have, for having me and thank you to everybody who is taking action. You know, Maureen, we need more attorneys that are willing to step up. That's been one thing hard to find, mm -hmm. but yeah, just real closing quickly um, in Hawaii, we really do need more, more leaders, group leaders. So if anyone in Hawaii is watching this, you know, uh, send me an email, Levana at fourhourrights.org. And I will help you, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, we'll get another group going and, you know, we just need to keep growing. So thank you all so much. Let's get to 80 million people. Yeah. Let's make it happen. Yeah. And nonpartisan, this is, we welcome everybody. I'm an independent and I don't want to be with any, I'm just independent. And so we want as many people across the political spectrum as possible that understands the tyranny that we're under, because I always say classical liberals do not accept this either. This is not the freedom of speech issue was always a classical liberal, you know, mm -hmm. they, that was one of their main issues. And I don't know what happened. <laughs> they lost that. And so it's not it's not part of our our history on either side of the aisle. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll get to 80 million. So thank you so much. And you guys all have an amazing day and a great Labor Day weekend. Thank you. you Thanks, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah.